And yo, we got comments, we got backstories, we got action scenes, and we got characters that we may or may not like. We're talking about episode two of Strange New Worlds, Children of the Gomet, coming up after the jump. This episode of Commander's Log is brought to you by Geek Renaissance. Need that special gift for the nerd in your life? Love supporting small business? Look no further than Geek Renaissance. The artist, Sephra, makes all items by hand and will boldly go to the final frontier for your unique gift. Head over to geekrenaissance.company.site and use the code FLOBITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, to get 10% off your order. Don't forget to follow, like, and share Geek Renaissance on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That song gets me so hype. Hello, how's it going, everybody? USS Post Show Chief Communications Officer, Flobo Boys here with you. As always, I'm not alone. So please look alive, Captain on the Bridge. Hey, hey what's up? What's up, Flobo? Oh man, how was your week? Oh, I you know especially easy on on so many levels so i really can't complain um you like sunday morning not a lot of uh play rehearsals this week it's gonna pick up next week and then the week after and and uh so really i've been able to enjoy life and i've been doing that really hard really hard it's the end of SB80 supplemental for now so i'm sure you probably got spa appointments after this you know what i'm saying we we got one more episode. We are doing what I have named the eleventh hour. Have I done any like visuals for it? Have I have I made any new videos? No, not a thing. Not a thing. Oh, just calling it that. Oh, I love it. Is that coming up next after this? It's coming up next after this. So uh, watch for us on uh, the Starbase eighty page or on uh, Weber Internet thingy. But yeah, we're gonna do a summation, if you will. If you will, uh, <laughs> deep cut, <Love> it. <laughs> a deep, deep cut, dusty roads for wrestling fans. If you will, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's coming up uh, next hour, starting at uh, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific and uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. This week has flown by because last week I was in a hotel room in Fort Myers, Florida doing that. And that felt like it was yesterday. But here I am back next to the most famous dresser in all of entertainment to oh. break down this week's episode of Strange New Worlds. But let's hop the top there, Captain. Overall thoughts? Loving it? Hating it? Somewhere in the middle? You know, I uh, I am of two minds when it comes to Strange New Worlds. My mind to your mind. My thoughts to your thoughts. Uh, go tell me. <laughs> and uh, and what I what I generally uh, bring to you here on Commander's Log and to all the shows that we do um, is uh, I generally bring the fan uh, that I am, the Star Trek fan, and and I'm such a fan. I'm so pleased by strange new worlds that then i go to the other side which is could it have been done better and and in many cases when i'm negative about anything in strange new worlds it's that i think they could have done it better uh not that i'm not enjoying it i'm very much enjoying it and i i really think this is a golden age right now in star trek absolutely so many of us can enjoy so many different shows. Um, so, you know, a, lo- a lot of times temper whatever negativity negativity I give you. Yeah. Please temper it with he enjoys the show. He really does like Star Trek. Yeah. He's, he's just trying to say, can't these great creators make better creations? Actually, I do have my notes here breaking down of uh, characters, plots, and themes. But uh, you know what, Captain, you're on to something. So let's do the opposite. Last week, I asked you to start off with the negatives first. Let's go with the positives. Things you loved about this week's episode of Strange New Worlds, Children of the Comet. But don't call it a comet because, you know. Uh, it's not a comet. <laughs> it's uh, not a comet. <laughs> there, there's, um, 
there's of course the the big picture and that is that uh thank you very much joe townsell you are so correct um there's the idea that we are watching a star trek where every week they're going to discover something that's new to them um every week we are uh you know going through the process of discovery which is also dangerous um you know there's no safety net here Nope. No one to protect them. They are on their own. Mm-mm. And and I'm digging that. I'm digging that feeling that we had. Uh, you know, I, I haven't quite felt it in a way that I enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, did I feel it during Voyager? Yeah, I felt yeah. it every week. These poor bastards, they're going to die yeah. every week. But it beat me down. But um, it's more hopeful and, and a lot more... Um, you know, the resourcefulness of these people are the whole that is greater than the sum of its parts. You know what? Stop, stop, stop. This is not where this is not working. I can't do this. I can't, I can't do this, Captain. So, so I thought this show was for people like you. You know, <laughs> this show is doing for you people. You're kind of like, I'm of two worlds. I'm kind of hedging my bets. Oh, why, oh, why? Why? They did everything you for people. you. You you people, people, he's saying. Boomers is what he's saying. You people. Old boomers. Why the hesitation? Why the two mind stuff? Why is it not click if you wanted your 25%, Captain? Um, Well, because it's early days. We're on episode two. What can I tell you? You know, I, I I can tell you that I really liked the peak at Enterprise that we got with, um, uh, from uh, season two of Discovery onward, uh, you know, I, I liked the I liked that view of Captain Pike. Um, I don't know. This could really be the best Star Trek. Here's here's my problem. This could be the very best Star Trek, and okay. I don't want to. I don't want to just call it. I don't. Wait, why? Because. <laughs> Because then I'm just sitting back, just like eating and watching and consuming, and I'm not, I'm not active. Yeah, I'm not an active participant. I'm a submissive p- participant, and I don't like doing that. Look, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, I always say the the Strange New Worlds is definitely the the, the 05 Mustang of <laughs> of Star Trek. Like you can't go wrong because there's enough. Like peaks back to nostalgia that for someone who doesn't even who wasn't even open to that until doing Starbase Eight, I go okay, I totally get it. Uh, Joe Townsell here, superstar Joe Townsell says, "Remember episode two, TNG was ugh, the naked now," and uh, <laughs> ah, I so bet he means a grown up pleasure. Am I right? Uh, let's get to the story here. <laughs> so, so e- apparently in the Persephone system, Persephone three specifically yeah. there is a comet that threatens the lives of everyone and of course you know cap pike season goes let's go pew 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 and they do and things are absorbed now the one thing i realized that discovery dabbled with it doesn't really do but this episode does this show does is they give you a science mystery up top idea of a comet flying through space with deflector shields were you on board or were you kind of like oh it's a comet episode i mean they you know they do set you up for that oh it's a comet what do we do well we we basically will shoot at the comet we'll either blow it in a bunch of pieces maybe we'll knock it off its axis and and get it to turn um but yes there's the complication there are deflector shields on this comet what sayeth what and and it's a comet that's crazy not an asteroid not a planetoid not something solid that someone would have said yeah we're gonna build something on this it's a comet so um and comets are just basically a big dirty ice ball that flies through space yeah bro why does that sound racist (laughs) i mean comets aren't people i'm like oh gosh (laughs) please forgive my captain (laughs) no no comets are refuse ice ball they they are They're garbage that the universe throws out. <laughs> it's a comet, man. It's not something magic. But of course, no. you know, here here on Earth, we've had lots of cultures who believed the comets were some sort of portentous omen, some heavenly force. And yeah. it turns out that that may be true of this one. Super cool. Yeah. Hi, Kirsten. So um, I'm I'm immediately like, like, tell me more. 
sure. I'm immediately yeah. into that. Uh, I also love that they just like, oh, by the way, uh, whose turn is it to go on landing party? Uh, it's going to be Spock. It's going to be Kirk. It's going to be, uh, <laughs> oh, the new girl, Uhura. Yeah, hop in there. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, oh, and, uh, you know, Noonien Sung or uh, <laughs> like the, the the sing girl, the, the Noonien sing girl. Uh, I got to uh, think about her and I'll get to that after your point. Okay. Okay. So um, that's your landing party. Now, we have seen in the preview already that Uhura has at some moment in this episode, she goes, I can't believe I've I've just been beamed onto a comet. That's like freaking me out. So, you know, she's your girl. She She's the normal person that you follow and, and gives normal reactions the way you might. So that's all nice. And, uh, you know, we've discovered this quite a bit, too. Uh, Smart that... people call it the audience surrogate, but not me. Audience <laughs> surrogate. Well, you took those classes. I took different I, classes. I, I, I know. Let me graduate. Believe that. <laughs> uh, we'll give a shout out to Joshua Postel real quick. He says, Strange New Worlds, the ultimate throwback series. And they nailed it. Did they, though? No, I think they did. They, I... For the most part, they did. I'm just a little bit jaded and unfair that I feel like the love came super quick for the show and other shows have to fight for it. But the show is great. I mean, it's dope. They come. The, the intro gets you in the mood. Anson Mount's fantastic. Um, there's no throwback element for me, obviously, because everything I'm seeing, I'm seeing as an adult. But as a science fiction show with exploration, can't go wrong. Right. And you're you're also not being shown anything you haven't seen before. Right? You've all seen you've seen all of this in some form or another. Yeah, we'll get to the horror stuff in quite a second. But yeah, you kind of understand what Spock looks like. We've got introduced to Captain Pike. The Enterprise is the shape, the shape of the old yes. Enterprise. Everything is pretty much is. The new characters, to me, don't quite feel like they belong in the same thing. You know what it reminds me of? Okay, I'm, I'm looking at Ortega's, for example. Like, she is great. It just doesn't seem she's part of that time. But maybe it's just me having to get used to what was there and what was there before. Because on the old TOS shows, a lot of the people out of the bridge were just, like, standard white guys, right? So, exactly. so like, it's not, it's not exactly. a thing anymore. It reminds me of, like, Aladdin, when Jasmine had her own song in the live-action movie. And you're like... These songs sound like they're from Frozen, not Aladdin, but it's like, whatever, give Jasmine songs because it's a new time, update story, that sort of thing. Right. I mean, you can always make things just a little bit better. And yes, I totally agree. Joe Townsell says, high concept and social commentary, that's a classic Trek mix. I almost said checks mix because Ooh, you know, I'm a fat guy and we we love to snack. Joe Townsell always triggers me because classic Trek doesn't exist. That's what I said. Ah! <laughs> well, I mean, it does. It does. It definitely. I'm going to fight you on that one. Classic. Everything's classic. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you can see it in every Star Trek that ever came after TOS. Those old scientists. Absolutely. Uh, you know, show me a team of explorers. Show show me a team where everybody's good at something and they combine what they're good at, and that's happened in every Star Trek. Uh, so it exists in this one as well. Um, show me challenges. Show me people having to learn to be resourceful with tools that are available to everybody. Uh, I love Mr. Kyle in this yeah. already. This is two episodes in and Mr. Kyle's been in both. And he is really good at running the transporter. And, uh, you know, we loved Miles. I I loved Miles O'Brien on uh, the Next Generation. Yeah, definitely not a we. <laughs> no, definitely, <laughs> that's definitely not a we. But let's talk about characters I hate now. Um, I was, oh, I don't, I didn't agree with you last week, but yeah, Ninian Singh can like, uh, I'm be over it. I'm over it. Uh, I feel like there's enough space to be a tough person in space, but I feel like you're going over the top tough unless she's going to be set up to be like crippled or something. I don't understand why she feels the need to impress everyone around and she's tougher than everyone else when the captain's kind of like, yeah, okay, we're, we love your strengths and weaknesses. It's fine. Right. Right. Um, this is a, this is an element to star Trek that I've never loved. And that is there's some irritating person on the show. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Been, <laughs> that's, that's, that been going, <laughs> that's been going on for a while. Yeah. And though I love Will Wheaton now, and therefore I love Wesley Crusher now at the time. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. There's always someone. I, there was a long time on DS9 when I didn't like Quark. 
uh, never liked Neelix. Uh, you know, yep. there's always someone who irritates me right now. It's Noonien Singh. And hey, you know, look, Star Trek uh, manages to change and evolve elements of the show all the time. So at no point am I going to go like, rage quit. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm here to stick with it. It's probably going to get better. Uh, who else is annoying you? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Only because you're, I can understand that this was a, in a world like Discovery where it's kind of fight for yourself. Or if she was the, or I think she, right? I think she's a she. If it was like yeah, the yeah, war thing, cool. being like the, the tough person. But you're on a right. ship where it's pretty much a love-in, relatively speaking. You don't have to do all that stuff. You're just kind of like, ah, I don't take any of that. You know, I was like, okay, I get it. All right. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> It, there's potential for a full fleshed out character, but everything is just relying on the her backstory, which I think is kind of lame. In in contrast to my next point, uh, this is Aurora's first mission. If you don't know that, they repeat this billions of times, but it's for a first a lot of people a look into the backstory of Aurora, something we haven't oh, yeah. seen much of. So Brilliant. let me ask you, as an OG fan of Star Trek, uh, having this classic classic character recasted did it work for you did it feel like it was part did it feel congruent or was something amiss uh you know it's oh boy that's a great question uh i i love <laughs> joe townsville says did you hear about the new series starring wesley quark and neelix it's going to be epic i yes. had two vixen flocks and i'm there <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would work for me two vixen <laughs> like is their captain oh my god i would so hate watch that uh i mean i i remember complaining quite about this uh last week and um so it basically was this uh nunian singh is the security officer she has a dark backstory it weighs heavily on her heart it makes her wiser than her years it makes her a special kind of space cynical like okay whatever and then this week they do it to uhura too holy cow what a what a mismanagement that is all you had to do was say her is really smart and really good at what she does and yeah. just let her go. Yeah, it was too much for you. I mean, they're like, well, her parents were killed tragically with her younger brother. So she wasn't sure what to do with her life. So she just bounced from basically Ivy League college to Ivy League college because she's a genius. It happens all the time, actually. I mean, I, it sure would be great if that was everyone's problem. Uh, and then we find out in this episode that she's not really that into Starfleet. <laughs> I'm with that too. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, I, I think it's a means to an First of all, I want to give props to Joe Townsend, who says uh, Lanon <laughs> Nunian Singh will probably zap by an evil oil slick. And if she survives, I swear to God, I would upset this table right here. I will flip it if she survives. I want to see her. This is how I would love that. She goes into the alien oil slick, punches him so hard, she knocks Tasha Yar out of him alive. <laughs> then the two of them, the two angry, young, very pretty security officers have to, like, be roommates. I would yeah. watch that. Uh, well, of course you would. That's such a gap of Fully functional. So I think it was means to an end because I'm with you. I, I felt I like the the backstory of having the family being just killed and doing Starfleet is kind of yeah. much. But yeah. for someone who may not be attached to, to, to TOS, you know of a whore. You know it's importance, especially eventually for the first interracial kiss in television. But then you're kind of going like, okay, how about someone who's not fully on board? Because everyone on that ship is a sense of duty. So there's no right. conflict like, you smell, ah! But there's a conflict there being like, I dedicated my whole life to be here, and you're just kind of just coasting by. I think it's a smart way of keeping it Roddenberry, I guess, if you want to. But you're yeah. right. It does seem kind of weird going back to back, being like, my dark past and partos. You know what I mean? I, you know, look, I don't think out of any group, the most cynical people should be the uh, young women in their 20s. I'm out. But that's I'm cynical too. <laughs> That's how television works. That's yeah, not yeah. real life. Because, I mean, come on. Uh, there's all kinds of cynical people. We meet Hammer. I'll just throw him in there. He seems Please. a little cynical. I'm, that's kind of interesting. 
Yeah. Kind of gets your cranky tech guy. Uh, that's kind of interesting. Um, so as they expand that out, A, it makes me hate La'an Nunian Singh uh, less. Because okay. I realized, oh, this is something the writers are doing. The writers are heavily, and the producers too, because they're the ones who turn it in from a script into the show. Uh, they're heavily into this. Let's let's make a lot of conflict for the girls. Okay, if that's how you think you're going to make them interesting, okay. Because I got to tell you, I didn't hate it so much this week. And yeah. part of that is I like the the actress that plays Uhura better than I like the actress who plays Lahan. So, you know, that that kind of righted itself. It was a little crooked for me last week. It's a little more a little more steady now that I'm like, oh, I see what you guys do. Okay, okay. Because I don't hate it. It's yeah. not a big part of the show. It's a very small part of the show. Sure. And it gets us into things like the plot of, of this episode, which I actually really love. Uh, well, the plot should have been how does Pike make his ribs, but you're right. So it turns out that they had tried to get rid of this comment, but it awakened the shepherds, which I thought was a cool beat that that's what the translator was saying, and that's what they oh, call themselves, which is like, <laughs> chef's kiss. Uh, they're like, hey, man, don't touch my comment. It's not even a comment. Uh, I, what is the name here? I had it here a second ago, and I totally lost it. Oh, yeah, what uh, was the name? They call it an arbiter, though. Yeah, the, 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 type the path name. is preordained um as it is and i'm trying to find the name here and i can't find it but um so basically you can't touch it how dare you destroy it it's, it's part of much, it goes where it wants to it's not quite sentient but it's a it's an arbiter of life what do you do uh captain to me this was a perfect like 60s television so well batman get away from this tune in next week uh you said you like the plot what was your thoughts of it well i mean one of the major things that we as Star Trek fans believe in and that Starfleet believes in is Mahonic, just, by the way. Mahonic's Mah name of the Mahonic. Yeah. You you don't just go in and mess with something that is important to someone else. And there can always be something. There can always be a mountain or a forest or a field that's like sacred to these people, and you don't F with it. In the old days, they would, but we're trying to be better than that now. It's the future. So, you know, the less of a colonizer attitude and more of a we're traveling through and oh, that's interesting. And yeah. and we we uh, you know, we want to respect everybody. We want to follow the rules here. But obviously, this is Starfleet actually. Captain Pike says it at one point, which is, yes, we would absolutely not mess with this, but people are going to die by the millions because this comet is just going to do what it's going to do. It's going to hit this planet. So we have to, we have to intervene. I love that. So, so mess with it. They do. We should probably not mess with this. Hey, you want to mess with this? Yeah. Well, it was a little... It was a little too late at that point, too, because they already had like their boarding party, you know, their 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 off the ship party. God, what are they called? Landing party. They already had landing their party, landing yeah. party on the comet. So it's a little too late. And they're hoping that like the shepherds haven't noticed yet. And I yeah. do love that moment of like shepherds, that's the name. It's like, well, that's what the universal translator calls them. Like, okay, that, but it's a lame name. That is that. very Green Lantern Universal Translator Ring, but that's just me. That's my reference of the week. So they go to the back door because I guess the deflector shields were not there. Uh, they decide to wreck the place. No, I'm just kidding. They decide to go to the temples. Uh, but the fact that Sam Kirk is with the <laughs> landing party, uh, who is a xenoanthropologist, and he gets right. injured just in time to make this your horror episode. Uh, right. Not, <laughs> not much about Sam Kirk here to write home about, but are you a fan of him uh, on the cast so far? <laughs> okay, here's here's what I loved. First, I didn't know that reference. I didn't remember because I I haven't gone with a fine tooth comb through all of the uh, original Star Trek episodes. Uh, yeah. Some of them I literally haven't seen for forty years, mm -hmm. and this was one of them. Um, so when I saw the clip of they were like, you know, Sam Kirk was on the show before. Here's the clip. And they show a clip of 
a guy wearing a, a shirt that's not Captain Kirk's shirt. They tur- they turn him over. It's William Shatner with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I like the mustache, yeah. <laughs> and and he's you know he's dead at the, at this point. They turn him over. He 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 gone. He he's dead. <laughs> Ooh, that brother gone. <laughs> but what's hilarious is in this in this show in this episode they repeat that. He gets zapped, and they repeat turning him over, and there he is. Uh, it's not William Shatner with a mustache on, obviously, but it's like, what is Sam Kirk famous for? Getting turned over when he's like, knocked the hell out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, I love that. I also love, you know, here's the white guy. Here's the, yeah, I'm a white guy. I, I'm everything. White, and, white, white, white. and he gets his ass zapped like that just foolishly you know jocking on up to this alien technology and and that's when we learn it's serious and that's when stakes get raised so everything here has made me entertained (laughs) joe townsville by the way if you haven't got one of joe townsville's books you so the guy is so good with detail says a vast improvement of some tng prime directive episodes (laughs) am i right where picard channels inner kirk and said let them die (laughs) play that water (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that was an option. Just mm-hmm. let everybody on the planet die. That's what the shepherds want. And the shepherds are like, hey, if the comet decides to destroy the planet, that's up to the comet. So let me ask you this. I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit before we get to the, the how they figure it out. Uh, there was the, the issue of the shepherds saying, how dare you not respect our religion by messing with uh, the comet, if you do so, it's considered an act of war, if not aggression. Uh, at the same time, we're coming off, what, 25 years or 20 years outside of DS9. Religion and space tends to be always in the mix. I do feel it was a lot more involved on DS9. But do you think that there's a space for that here, knowing that this is made in 2022, but it takes place in the future, but before TOS? <laughs> is this the right balance? Did you want more of this kind of stuff, less of this kind of stuff? How are you feeling? Well, okay, I think I can help you do something that I know you want to do. And that is, you see the balloon that people keep flying. They keep walking around like they're at the fair. And they've got this balloon. And the balloon says, classic Trek is the best on it. And you want to take your needle and you want to pop every one of those balloons. That that is not it. See, Okay, it kind of is. But that is not it, Captain. And and I feel like I'm going to turn into like an ESPN sports ranting guy. Oh! Yeah, let's. I'm going to be Stephen A. here because because everything I've ever done in the podcasting space don't care Star Trek, pro wrestling, anything in between. Formula One this weekend. I was I went all over Florida for this. Is that gatekeeping fans don't help? They keep people out. They make them embarrassed. They're told they're not real fans. I fell in love with a show called Discovery. I was told that's not real Trek. That is Trek and name only. These are the reasons why. And I'm seeing every show since then on Starbase 80, part of Weber Internet Thingy, make the same mistakes that would be that would make you say, hey, look, they must be of a similar DNA. That's why the same thing. And considered whatever people grew up with is your favorite Trek. So I watched Strange New Worlds two episodes in. There's a bunch of flaws here in this show. I love it. I love watching it. In fact, the time goes out the window. I'm watching it and I blink and it's over. That's how much I love it. But you can't deny there's inconsistencies or consistencies throughout different series that would make it not classic Trek if these story beats happen on Discovery and everyone's just glossing over like, oh, what's classic Trek? I mean, Pike is there. I just, I don't know. You have a number one that doesn't do anything. (laughs) For example, you got Spock as a science officer, but he's also doing pep talks and actually do the number one thing as well. You have Pike trying to deal with his fate, but ah, just there's some things in there that says it's not perfect. That's all I'm saying. So I like the balloon. Just be right with me. I I mean, here's the thing. I I know that you're right. You're absolutely right about is this going to be different now? It, is, is it going to be different that we're going to see a lot more? Well, we can't interfere with that. That's somebody's religion. We believe in freedom of religion. Um, you know, is, is that going to happen a lot more? And it is. And here's why. Because Ooh. there are more taboos now than there were in the 1960s. Oh, wow. Go on. Taboos create these... Um, 
the these terrible dilemmas and we saw a lot of them in next generation uh that yeah, I do agree with that, by the way. Stress Free K says, uh, LOL, I'm so with you, Flobo. Just watch Pike hey. will defy his fate. I, oh, I totally believe in that. I totally believe in that. And, and I'm looking forward to it. That makes me very much a fan. Um, just in the storytelling space, uh, there's a lot more elements to consider now than we go in, these aliens are wrong, we beat them, we win. Dun, that- dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's some classic Star Trek. That's hey. classic. I'm using air quotes for that right there. We go in, we tell them they're wrong, we correct them, we fly away. <laughs> USA. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. literally, in some of the cases, like with the comms and the yangs, it's like, you guys are taking the Pledge of Allegiance too seriously. Spoiler. Sorry, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the big speech usually is where they where they put all the cards on the table. And um, and that has not been, that happened in TOS, that is not happening in Strange New Worlds, and that's why. Because now you can take so many more elements into consideration that it creates these dilemmas of, yeah. you know, this comet is sacred to these extremely powerful aliens. We will lose if we just simply tell them that they're wrong and we mess with this. And so now we've got to find a way to get around making all those mistakes and make yeah, as yeah. few mistakes as possible, even though we're still going to make some mistakes. And I kind of love that. That's modern. That's very real. And to apply that to quote unquote, classic Trek makes new Trek. Yeah. Uh, even though there are some retreads, because we all know those shepherds had those Talosian lobes happening. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> I see that before. That's like central casting. Uh, Craig Lubin, what's going on, buddy? He says, I'm with you. Gatekeepers fans annoy me. I'm an OG S2S fan myself. Again, I was in Florida last weekend for the Miami GP in Formula One. And if I heard how many people told me what was a real fan versus a fake fan, it would make you sick. Like, we have to have fan bases grow or else they'll die. Absolutely. (laughs) And Uh, and uh, look, I'm going to talk on uh, behalf of Paramount right now. They know they've got us. They know they put stars. Trek on a show they know they're I'm gonna watch it so they know Mm -hmm. they don't need to woo me they don't need to bring me in I'm gonna show up no matter what so now they're gonna go let's try to get a wider audience I am I get that yeah and to be honest with you what I like about strange new worlds better than discovery if I could do say so is that on discovery a lot of the story elements revolve around the fact the captain's chair was so unstable until Burnham mm. became captain. Because it yeah. was a commander's show. That's why the show's called Commander's Lock. But right. having a direct captain who is as cavalier as Kirk, but willing to listen to other opinions, to me, is very refreshing. And I enjoy yes. it. Like I said, I don't, there's, there's, there's not many times I'm checking my watch when I'm watching Strategy Worlds, which is a good thing. It was really a good thing. Absolutely. Um, and I feel exactly the same way. And you're right. Very good thing. Uh, so let's get on with uh, jumping ahead a little bit. We find out that this area is not so much a tomb. There is a bit of a, a way of expressing themselves. And Uhura drops some sick beats. And this comment starts responding. So holla at me, John. MC DJ Uhura in the house using the old school uh, Canyon tracks. Thoughts about that as our MacGuffin of the week? Oh, my God. Um, it's so funny because... Because I am an old, old, old school school fan, I have no problem with the fact that Uhura. Hopefully, I'm not pushing too far ahead in your recounting of the plot. Nah, here. we're good. <laughs> Uhura basically picks up where. Well, everyone's saying like, how do we read the controls for this thing? How do we figure out how this thing works? Uhura just <laughs> happens to be humming along to herself. Yeah. And and the machinery is responding to it. Okay. I mean, if I were brand new to this whole thing, I'd be like, "Really? Is that how it happens?" But because I am an old old fan, I go, "Yeah, Uhura sang. She was a singer." 
You've yeah. never jumped in the elevator and started humming the Super Mario Brothers theme song and no. have people join in? That is like every a rite time. of passage. No, every time. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, I used to be one of those hack comedians who would yeah. get the audience to sing with him. Why not? And, I mean, back in the eighties, there were no rules, so you could be like Flintstones, meet the, and the audience starts singing with you. That's the song I know. Flintstones, <laughs> open up the egg, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, this whistle while you work thing that she does. I'm I'm totally down with it. Uh, Uhura would do that. That is in her classic character. Uh, I wouldn't accept that from anyone else, but I accept that here. Uh, Vamu Vamba from from Kenya, which is a song that uh, Pike asked to compute the ID. Uh, Stress Free K says, "I don't need good characters to die as well. His foreknowledge should allow him to make different decisions." And I mentioned this yeah. I'm not sure last week or the week before. Uh, there was that show that is kind of different called Empire with Terrence Howard. Oh yeah. And in the first season, it was said he had ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease in his idea. The whole premise of the show was who was going to take over his empire, his record label. At the end of the first season, spoiler alert, turns out that it's a different condition and it, and it kind of like reset the narrative. So it, it's definitely a possibility there. It is kind of lame when you know the end of a story, even though it is a right. prequel, but then, hey, we've had one split timeline before in the Kelvinverse. Right. Imagine a Kurtzman timeline split because we were talking about Discovery's difficulties in adhering to their main prime timeline. Why not play it off if you have to? Absolutely, absolutely. And and I'm here for that. Um, it, it can it can work that way. I want it to. I want us to know that the future is unwritten. I want it that way. <laughs> Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a Star Trek. Oh, tell me. Okay, that's right. we're seeing off key. That's why we can't help this alien comment. Um, sorry, it's not a comment. It's Mahanit. Uh, so let's talk about what the discovery was. Uh, the, the the having the thing activate and now it's a race against time because you forgot about the two hour time limit of them dying with cosmic rays. That's yeah. whatever. Because right. there's chapel in there somewhere. Whatever. Uh, but now it's the issue of the shepherds being offended. How dare you? And now it's a race against a race against time. Can can they find a way to alter the course of Mahanit and so they can save for seventy three? Um, to me, Luke contrives, but the action scene to me was great for two reasons. One, Ortega's got some screen time, trying to put oh, herself yeah. over. And two, it was another way to express an action scene in space that was uniquely strange to worlds. There weren't no shutter uh, panning of cameras. There were no lens flares. It was very smooth and majestic maneuvering. Thoughts about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, when that started up, especially with the shepherd's ship firing upon the enterprise and Ortega's doing her best to avoid them getting hit and sort of, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, but they did get hit, but I, I love that because I mean, come on, she is driving a cruise ship for God's sake. You, you, I mean, she's the fact that she can maneuver them safely at all is incredible. So I'm getting some of my Detmer love. She's also oh, yeah. kind of a yeah. She's, she's also not a redhead of, though. She's not a redhead, but uh, she's loves got, redhead. I do. I do love me some redheads, but I also love me uh, some. There's no other way to put it quickly. Butch. I do love butch women. <laughs> well, now we're canceled. We can forget getting an award for the show. Dude, Good night, everybody. I, I'm just telling you one of those. And and it's not like a fixation. Like I'm looking from afar. Like that's who my friends are. Like I've always been friends with butch women and and feminine men, honestly. <laughs> hey, man, this was all about. Look, I'm from theater, so I know oh, a little bit of everybody. <laughs> say less. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the evasive pattern will take us one. Continue. <laughs> I mean, the fact that she had that loaded up, and, yeah. and the captain's like, "Wait, what now?" Like <laughs> freaking hilarious. But not only that, but she's the one who pitches um harmonic it's like uh phaser harmonics phaser harmonics yep. and he's like ah, that's a good plan okay i like this plan let's go with it that is yet another example of why pike's a great captain because he's like you guys are all good at what you do throw out some ideas let's this isn't kirk thinking it all up on his own or getting you know spock to figure it out for him this is pike's way which is hey everybody we're all working together what have you got so I love that episode too. I mean, we're right back there. I love that. 
slight worry though. I feel like there's not much for Una to do then. If Spock is like the science officer that has a whole bridge contributing, what is the number one to do? As I am a number one in this show, I need I need to be secure in my roles. <laughs> I am so happy with how they are shaping Una's job because Una is basically now, and I think of you this way too, Flobo, the Aww. extra captain. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> we got a spare show, captain. Well, I mean, the the what we're seeing from Una, I do love the vulnerabilities as well as the capabilities. All of these things are very cool. And um, and I never wanted to see a superwoman. I'd never wanted to see, oh, she's great at everything. She's impressive at everything. She saves everybody. We're seeing a very vulnerable captain-like character here. Uh, and I really like that. I really appreciate that. Um, and, and I also feel they're kind of doing that Superwoman stuff for Lana, uh, for for Noonien Singh. And I don't, I don't like it on anyone. I I didn't. Yeah. I wouldn't want them to put that on anyone. So I see what you're pointing out, which is mm-hmm. she's very um, she's very not special. She's not really popping right now. She will. <laughs> she, she ain't popping, fam. <laughs> <laughs> she she will she will stand out to you at some point because let's face it what she does in this episode is still really important she's the one who keeps saying to the captain hey i know you're carrying the secret uh, of this burden of knowing your death knowing everything about your death but you you can't give in to that you just can't give in and i love that she's the one person who can get through to him like that I, I don't know. I, I think it was a cop out because 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 it was Spock last week. If if it was Una last week and this week, I'm like cool. But it was like, oh wait, Spock's on the rock. Uh, it just feels like an afterthought for now. Maybe that may change. Uh, but I gotta give a shout out to, to Craig because Craig is on the show on a Thursday afternoon. I gotta give props to that. Uh, as an engineering uh-huh. leader, Pike Styles is what I aspire to, the servant leader. Yeah, you know what? As as someone who's into the CSI franchise, even though I was more of the spinoffs. There's something about CSI Classic and CSI New York where you have the leader or Mac Taylor or Gil Gerson being able like, okay, what's the evidence? How can we get together? Right, Uh, right. And a good leader is rare, uh, Mm -hmm. which is funny because a lot of times we'll see Commodores and Admirals and other captains and they're not as good as the ones we know in Starfleet. And I always love that about Star Trek because they go, yeah, leadership doesn't mean you're a good person. Right. doesn't mean you're great at everything, Captain Have you seen... Uh, I was like, have you seen Kirk in the motion picture? I am taking your job. Well, uh, damn. I just, I just got here. Not anymore. You haven't. All right. I'll just yeah, go. Yeah. Uh, that's a the Star Trek, the motion picture. That That's a big helping of what? Nice. <laughs> I've taken it back. Uh, that leads me to my quote of the week from Spock, uh, where he uh, looks at uh, Kirk and goes, I'm familiar with Yahtzee, Lieutenant, and I just tickle the hell out of me. Because <laughs> I can imagine Spock playing like, Yahtzee. <laughs> it seems I, I have one. I love uh, that so much. I'm familiar with Yahtzee. I'm familiar with Yahtzee. <laughs> Lieutenant. Like, he was like really mad. I am half it. human. <laughs> Like, I what a jerk. <laughs> um, I... So let's wrap this up because right. even though it's ridiculous, it's fun ridiculous. Yeah. Spot, Spot goes on the swashbuckling thing and he saves the day. But it turns out uh, at the end of it, did he really? Was he active in his action to steer the course of this common wave from Persephone 3? Or was it predestined? Captain! One, do you believe in fate? And two, what do you make of this? Um, if you had asked me 20 years ago if I believed in fate, I would have said yes. Uh, and then I went through a lot of bad You wouldn't things. ask, was this teenager asking me questions about life? That's the <laughs> question I would ask. <laughs> but, <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> but I've had my ass kicked a few times since then. And um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I believe in fate. But I do love the idea that a lot of these sort of lofty, godlike qualities that the shepherds say that this comet has and other comets like it because it is one of many according to them um that they are kind of in this like galactic picture it it all works because on a on a really like gigantic scale 
they are seeding planets and creating fertile planets and 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 these beautiful class m planets right now the planet that they're over persephone three uh persephone three doesn't have enough water and and so once this comet goes by it 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 corrects the the planet's uh orbit and now uh they're going to have climates and they're going to have rain and they're going to have water and it's going to be great. So these things are out there. What I like about it is, you know, Albert Einstein said, Uh Oh, getting smart here. He said, our science in so many words, he said, our science is not trying to replace God. Mm -hmm. Our science is trying to tell you how God does what he does. Mm -hmm. And that's how I was raised. I was raised by very smart church people who were like look evolution could be something that god created we don't know mm -hmm. and and i i think that's hopeful and i think that's very like someone on some level is taking care of us you know that's nice too so i really love the idea that they're walking away from this going i guess maybe the guys who think the comet is like the hand of god they could be right hmm and there's something magical about that. Because, um, I mean, literally, that's magical realism. <laughs> literally. Excuse me for my blood. Uh, from the studio that brought you Flobo Facts, it's Townsville's tidbit. He says, another planet in that solar system we visited in TNG season one, too short a season. That's actually pretty cool. That's to be worked out. Go back to a similar system for that reason. This is why we love Star Trek being made by Star Trek fans. Lower Decks included. Lower Decks included. That you get these deep, deep fans with their deep love. And they're like, you know, this can be part of a system that we already know about. Like, what? I love that. <laughs> uh, I got two more questions for you, Cap, before you sure. get out of here. Uh, at the end of the our episode, Captain Pike sits down, you know, doing the whole, I'm brooding and looks up the kid that he saves. And, and they exist, uh, as far as the computer says. What do you make of that? Pike is atoning before atoning, essentially, and trying to see what's next for him. And do you think it's going to be a side quest mission? Is it kind of a thing he's going to keep you near and dear to him? What do you make of that? I'm glad you asked that, because I was really puzzled by that whole thing. And I thought, you know, the one he they they emphasize the fact that he remembers every one of these kids that he rescues that's part of his fate part of his awful fate and um and then i'm like so what's he going to do like make sure none of them get into the academy mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean like, i hate that that's the first thing that i thought right. but he's like right. i just put out a hit list on all these kids <laughs> have you tried enterprise rent a car <laughs> what <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. What do you mean I got the wrong date for my entrance exams? Now I can't be in the academy? Like, how's he yeah. going to screw these kids over? Uh, of course he's not. But that would be my first thing was like, absolutely do not let these kids into the academy. They're all a bunch of cheaters. Like, that, would, that would completely save him. Politic and backstage, brother. <laughs> I'm Mary, always going over. What? Mary Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I'll tell you about this Billy Kidman. No one likes him, brother. <laughs> you don't want him to be any good, brother. Billy Kidman in Starfleet. <laughs> CM Punk, brother. Nobody wants to watch that, brother. You'll never sell a pay-per-view with him on it. Um, this show's uh, off to real. I, I think you're right in terms of something's a brewing something's gonna start something's gonna happen it's captain pike so he's not gonna do anything nasty um but you're right yeah something's brewing there yeah i'm kind of seeing where that goes and and now we saw the episode end and going back to it the idea that it's a horror centric episode essentially and having the captain's dinner framing devices good bad just give me good. the action what makes it was good see. Uh, look, uh, you know, ultimately we're a bunch of nerds and, and we all feel lonely at, at big parts of our lives, uh, us Star Trek fans. And a lot of us loved Next Generation because it was a family. It was a very big family. Uh, so the fact that they're all getting together to make dinner. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hilarious that they're, the, the captain's like, yeah, I'm making my famous ribs. And, like, we know at least a third of the people in that room are vegetarians. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I, again, every time someone says they're making food, I just go back to Admiral Vance. It's better of our shit, you know. <laughs> like that's I want that I want that sound clip <laughs> to play all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things. Okay, now uh, I'm going to do a quick plug. I don't have to do it later because I'm doing it now. Uh, this Sunday, uh, Flobo and I are on Starbase 80, 11 a.m. on uh, Pacific Coast, uh, 2 p.m. on the East Coast. On Starbase 80, we're going to be watching Bride of Chaotica from voyager uh one of the things that happens in that is their systems are going down and their replicators keep going down so they have less and less replicated food so they have to make whatever they have in the kitchen uh which is something they do often on voyager so i assume that's what this is i assume that they're <laughs> joe townsend says laon provided the entree gorn ribs i would eat gorn yeah. ribs I actually I would. They, they have, have you ever? Very much, what kind of gamey though? What's up? Have you ever had uh, alligator? Uh, twice. I love it. I uh, same here. Same here. Well, I, only I deep fried. It. So I, I bet it's not good for me. Uh, <laughs> but, well, you know. But but I bet I bet if I mean I've I've eaten alligator in a Cajun restaurant a couple of times. I bet Gorn tastes like that. Anyway, I, I like them getting together, having family meal where everybody you know does some prepping or some of this or some of that. Uh, let's do that. Let's make a family here. That's where Una, I think, is really going to shine, too. I think her abilities are very much in command. Uh, we There's been no need for that yet, but that, I think, is where you're going to see her really take precedence. Oh, man. This is episode two of Strange New Worlds, Children of the Comet here on Commander's Law. Captain, before we get out of here, though, do you have anything else on your notes you want to discuss real quick before your show? Um, that was, that was really it for me. I do like them going in on Uhura, making her a little more unusual and a little more, um, you know, unexpected and coming out of left field. I, I think that's a, I think that does the character honor. So yeah. I'm happy to see that. Absolutely. I'm with that too. And Uhura was a character I, I remember visually, but now hearing her story, I'm all about that. She's, yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine with it. And I can't wait to talk about season or season one, episode three next week. Absolutely. Captain, now's the time to put yourself over, brother. Where can people find you online and interact with you? Uh, on Facebook, Starbase 80, and uh, also Weber Internet Thingy. My stuff goes up there as well. And then on YouTube, Weber Internet Thingy, you can uh, visit us there as well. We've got our big show coming up Sunday. We, we got a show coming up at uh, 10 minutes, eight, eight minutes. Uh, <laughs> Trying to get you out of here, Captain. So, yes. Uh, and and I, I agree with that, Kirsten. They're definitely, oh, I'm sorry, that was Stress Free K. Uhura reminds me of Hoshi. She's bringing a lot of Hoshi abilities with her. Uh, and, and I did notice that. Hoshi abilities. Uh, <laughs> that does it for me. Learn more about this show and all the other shows at newamsam.com. K N E W Amsterdam.com. And of course, flowbito.com. That's a personal website. F L O B I T O. I can't wait to see you back here next week for a brand new edition of Commander's Log. But until next time, Captain, what? L L A P, my babies. Oh, uh, and gatekeeping fans, they totally suck. <laughs> <laughs>